1: Seriously, and that's just one story. We're giving every character their 16th minute. So listen to 16th Minute of Fame on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your
2: podcasts. Welcome to Go Ask Alley, a production of Shondaland Audio in partnership with iHeartRadio. I think like our vaginas have a lot to say. I think we should let them we'll speak. We'll stay out of it and they'll just talk. Yes. One of the hardest things to absorb for those who are new to these kinds of
3: fights, again, if we won all of them, we wouldn't be here. If you see a monster, don't try to run away. Step right up to it and say, what do you have to teach
2: me? Why are you in my mind? I want to be the person who has cancer and doesn't run a marathon. Like, do I have to work that hard? No, it's the best excuse not to run a marathon. Welcome to Go Ask Allie, I'm Allie Wentworth. You know, this is the last episode of season three and we're going out with a bang. I have Martha Beck, my spiritual guru and my bestie, Mariska Hargitay and it is a love fest full of life lessons. You know, the thing I love about women and particularly with my girlfriends is how we take information and we hand it from one to another. We all rise up together. It's the greatest thing in the world to feed each other, and these girls are just chock full of little wise nuggets. So fasten your seatbelts. Martha Beck, I'm sure you all know, is a New York Times best-selling author, life coach, and speaker. She holds three Harvard degrees in social science. NPR and USA Today have called her the best-known life coach in America. Boom. Her published works include several big hits, Finding Your Own North Star, The Joy Diet, and Expecting Adam. And Martha's newest book, The Way of Integrity, Finding the Path to Your True Self, was an instant New York Times bestseller, and everybody should read it. And of course, Mershka Hargitay, my bestie. She's an award-winning actor, director, producer, and philanthropist. She's best known for playing, of course, Detective Olivia Benson, on the NBC drama series, Law & Order SVU. Since 1999, she's been doing this, and also on Law & Order Organized Crime since 2021. Outside of acting, Mariska founded the Joyful Heart Foundation, which provides support to survivors of sexual assault and abuse, with their current primary initiative to end the backlog of rape kits in the US. One little thing you may not know about Mariska is she sets a beautiful table. So if you ever get invited over for lunch or dinner, Take a picture. Okay, so I am so excited. I, I, there's no sweeps in podcasts, but if there were, this would be my sweeps episode. Oh, yes, because they the two women who are my guests today are my inspiration, mm. my bestie Mariska Hargitay, and my guru Martha Beck. Hello. <gasps> Warriors of life. I'm obsessed with both of you. First of all, thank you. And (laughs) Martha,
4: I just have to say, I am such a big fan that when I read your book, The Way of Integrity, I probably sent it to 20 of my friends. Oh my gosh. And told everybody that I met that this was such a a must read and for every age. I sent it to my goddaughters, I sent it to my friends, I sent it to people that were older than I am and if that's possible it's it's well it's not, I like to tell myself that that's what happened anyway it's just an honor and a pleasure oh. um, really and a dream to be able to speak with you in this forum and I said to Allie I think if my memory serves me Allie was one of the people that I sent your book to oh yeah and wow. um, so I uh, I'm, I'm some way I'm just feel like I have a little bit of a oh. part of this journey that we're all on together. Thank no, this it,
2: it's come full circle. I, yeah. and Mariska sent me the book and I said, what's integrity? And I looked it up <laughs> and I said, I don't have any. How do I get some? Yeah. OK, so here's you know, the three of us could probably do a podcast that would go on for years and years and years. So I'm going to keep it. I'm going to streamline it because it's something that I think about all the time. And Martha, just quick backstory, I'm in Boston, Massachusetts right now. Oh. My mother fell, broke her hip, mm. femur, and knee. Oh, no. And so I have been spending, you know, 12 hours a day at the hospital. Yep. And one of the things that has, and I was planning on talking about this anyway, but I am suddenly struck with all kinds of ideas about mortality yeah. and also about you know being a middle-aged woman and what it means now because i think it's different yes. than it used to be because the golden girls were in their 50s right which is shocking they we're like 42 yeah crazy <laughs> and i'm looking at the screen now and none of us look a day over 30 so quite so <laughs> I don't I don't want to talk about like what kind of vitamins or hormonal cream we're supposed to use. I want to talk about the inside stuff because Mariska, my friend, lives her life with joy and energy and there's a just a vivaciousness about her that I find intoxicating. And mm. there's a young spirit and you have it as well. Aww. You're just more clinical about it. So I want to go through it. How are we middle-aged women right now with kids, with lives, with anxiety, with global threats, how are we going to thrive in the next 10, 20 years of our lives? This You're actually asking me right now to say. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, you got to answer this question and you've got 45 minutes. Go. <laughs> okay.
3: <laughs> You're absolutely right. Nothing's ever been this way before. The change yeah. is accelerating so fast and the, at an exponential rate. And the the rate, the exponent that describes how fast it's chaining, changing is also changing exponentially. Yeah. So basically there's a straight upward line of change. That means that Our lives are nothing like our mother's lives or our grandmother's lives. Nothing. When my father was born, because I was born when he was older, horses were still, he was born in Hollywood and they were still riding horses around. And like, he only died a few years ago. So the, the pace of change is insane. No one knows what to do about it. I read uh, a column by Richard Reeves, who talks about boys and men, and he said they're in, in crisis now because women changed the script during the feminist movement about what men and women are supposed to do. So women are off to the races and men don't have a script and they have to improvise. And this is hard on them. And I thought, what do you think it's like for us? Yes. <laughs> and we're making this up as we go along. And we've made more changes in one generation than any generation before. Here's the thing. In an entire world rocked by things that have never happened before, what is needed? Wisdom. The wisdom of how to tolerate change. Most men in the old ark would live one season spring yay summer fall hang on as long as you can winter oh dead boom women every dang month we go through this we go through changes and you know and then we go through changes where the caretakers of the young the old the sick when they get sick our lives change when we get sick our lives change We do more things under more pressure than men have to do. And that is what gives a human being wisdom. And wisdom is the real, you know, it used to be that knowledge was power. Then um, in the 20th century, they said attention is power. Now I believe wisdom is power.
2: You know, they say, you know, uh, Life is wasted on the youth. Mm -hmm,
3: What's mm -hmm. the saying? Youth is wasted on the young.
2: Yeah, well, all of that. Because (laughs) I feel, and Mariska and I talk about this all the time, and Mariska weigh in here, that I'm not only starting to figure it out now at you know yeah. in my late 50s and i feel like we get smarter and wiser yeah,
3: definitely and
2: i just think god what a dumbass i was in my 20s <laughs> no not dumbass oh maybe <laughs>
4: no <laughs> we <don't> no know. <laughs>
2: but it's not dumbass
4: and i i you know i think that's such an important thing Allie, mm. that you say because i think all of us look at ourselves and i mean i know that i certainly do with this self sort of flagellating mentality of yeah. all the mistakes we made and what we didn't see but what i find now is, you know, the question was, how do we live in these uncertain times? And I think that the answer is yes, wisdom is our superpower and flexibility. Yes. And I I find now, you know, I figured out sort of a while ago that, you know, we can either laugh or cry. Mm. And so I've noticed now, and I do think it's wisdom, Allie, and we do talk about it all the time, is this idea of what are you going to do? And I sort of find myself skipping the drama piece yeah. and moving quickly toward, okay, it's it's a quicker um, uh, move toward acceptance yeah. and then moving on. Mm-hmm. And I think also w- combined with that is this uh, wisdom that comes where you say, like your boundaries are so clear that I just go, I decide. Yeah. And I read somewhere don't hang out with people that are bad for your nervous system. Mm. And this is something that has truly changed my life because, you know, what is wisdom? Wisdom is connecting to our unconscious. We already have that, the answers inside us. And knowing that and trusting that and trusting our gut, we hear it's your second brain, it's your second brain. It is, it really is. And it took us a while to sort of grok that. But now I feel... I feel such a sense of um, peace and less anxiety, which is ironic Mm -hmm. with the state of the world the way it is. And yet, and yet knowing that I have the love of my friends and my friendships and how valuable that is to me, but even more importantly, my own inner compass, which is again, our gut and our deep knowing. And I think that, takes stillness yeah and so that learning to hone that and 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 really trust it is everything and my other thing that I'm preaching to the world which is the idea now of instead of reacting getting curious about something that happens, getting curious about your own reaction, about your own anger, about your own, like, wow. Like you can almost feel like you're overtaken by aliens. And then we say, hmm, wow, that, that I had a powerful reaction to. What's that about? As opposed to, (laughs) you know, (sighs) which is what I certainly did because of my own trauma and my own fear. And now we get to a place where we go, this is how it is, and uh, emotional discomfort is a uh, almost a friend of what yeah. the volcano is underneath and what we need to excavate, and the last thing I'll say, not really the last thing, because Martha, I'm no, a talker Martha, too. Martha, she'll talk forever. <laughs> <laughs> but the last thing I'll say is this, is integration, which is just the key, yeah. and I know you talk about it, which is what spoke so much to me, uh, the idea of you know, all the parts that we have and making peace with them and integrating. And then, yeah. you know, I look at them like our little
2: children inside of us yeah, and giving yeah. attention to all of them. Yeah. So before Martha, Martha's literally chomping at the bit, because she's like, wait a second, Mariska talks even more than me. How can this possibly be? <laughs> How is that um, happening? I want to, I want to, because Mariska just hit all the, all like if Mershka was writing a book right now, she's hit all the chapter heads. Right. So I want to start with something because she's, uh, Mershka said this to me many times, and it, I find it very comforting when she says, Don't be around people that hurt your nervous system. I love that. I, it takes us a long time to realize that. Yeah. And um, I think, Martha, if I'm not wrong, you describe it as mean people suck. Not as eloquent as Mariska, (laughs) but so so talk to us when you, when you write about mean people suck what you mean. Well, you're like an animal
3: inside. Actually, it's like Mariska has been reading my next book over my shoulder as I write. This is so brilliant. But when you're around somebody that causes your nervous system to react negatively, you're social self tries to override it. I'm supposed to be yes. charming. I'm supposed to be present. I'm supposed to be calm. I'm supposed to give this person a hug and a kiss. But there's an animal self inside us that is actually much older than the human neocortex. It's ancient and it knows when something is dangerous. So um, my friend Gavin De Becker, who wrote the book, The Gift of Fear, talks about if an animal is alone in a room, a dark building at night, And it goes to the elevator and the door opens and there's someone inside that scares it. The only animal that will voluntarily walk into a soundproof steel box with another animal that scares it is a human. And yeah, that override is what we have to just let go of. And I think Mariska has, because even if it's just a little annoyance, we do not have time for that.
2: But let me ask you this, Martha, because I agree with you. And this is something that I've inherited from my own mother, which is... Um, how do you then get rid of the toxicity and be polite? Cause there have been people in my life that hurt my nervous system, but I don't want to, I don't want to rock the boat. I don't want to make waves. I don't want to be confrontational. And I've been brought up to be very polite. So how do I do that? How do I, how do I not get in the elevator without offending the person in it?
3: Well, if you override your instincts to make peace around you, you go to war on yourself. Yep. So the first thing is, (laughs) if you want peace inside, realize that at some point your nature is going to bump up against somebody else's desires in a way where you'll disappoint them or upset them. That happens. And then see what Mariska said is so key. I'm writing about anxiety now. And a lot of women more than men are, are hair-triggered when somebody else comes at us with anger or even disappointment. Uh, it's We get so triggered and we get anxious and we go into what's called a fawning response. Did you know fight, flight are some of the responses of anxiety, but fawning is another one where we please and we smile and we flatter mm. because it's, it's a social primate's way to not get killed by bigger social primates. Right. So we go into this involuntary fawning response. That happens when the brain goes to fear. Boom, but there are two little structures, the amygdala, left and right, at the core of the brain that deal with fear. And when the left amygdala fires, boom, we get scared, start getting wound up and anxious, and fawning. If at that moment we go instead to curiosity, that's how the right-hand amygdala handles just unusual situations. So there's a bolt of fear. Somebody's coming at you. If you can say, huh, what's happening? If you can even force curiosity, like a detective looking at this person, your brain will automatically go away from anxiety and into a curious and then a connected space on the right hemisphere. And your anxiety comes down. And the interesting thing is that anxiety cuts us into and sort of pushes all of our, connective parts away, where if we can get into the right hemisphere, it includes everything. It includes our nervousness. It includes the other person's anger. But it holds it all in a space of enormous, calm, connected wisdom. Which is, We're coming right back to that. But curiosity is the key. Mariska is absolutely right.
2: So Mariska,
3: explain that.
4: Yeah. Well, first of all, Allie, Allie also has a superpower because uh, <laughs> we've had many talks about confrontation and not. I am not afraid of confrontation. My parents uh, weren't scared to say anything. I wish they were. <laughs> <laughs> but um, but <laughs> Allie and I had, I mean, we joke about it because we're, we were raised in such opposite ways. And yet mm. she and I come together and meet so many places. Allie, I think your superpower has been um your beautiful and samurai uh sharp comedy and wit, mm. which can de-escalate so many situations. I have a fraction of it, which I use a lot, but it is challenging for me to be with people that are uh very uh social and polite and keep it nice and, uh, a smile through it. And you just feel like, oh my God, what I, I I don't even, this is where everyone's so full of Shiza. (laughs) (laughs) Don't say shit. That's what I tell my kids after they watch Shit's Creek. Okay. Shiza. Shiza. Um, that it, it, that's very difficult. And that's when I'll say you asked about the curiosity and I, I've told you, um, um, Ali, I've, I've dealt with it with my daughter. I have an 11 year old daughter and you know, they throw Mm. around the words like she was being mean. And then I say, well, let's talk about mean. Why do you think somebody would be mean? And let's be, and I say like a detective and say, why would they be mean? Do you think maybe they felt scared? Do you think maybe they felt insecure? Do you think they maybe felt jealous? And we'll try to break it down that way. But I've found when I'm triggered or angry, or I'm talking to somebody and I go, my God, We're having like a non-conversation because they're not saying the truth. They're saying what Mm. what they think I want to hear or what's appropriate. And I've done it too. I'm not, I'm certainly not casting stones. I do it less now. I do it a lot less now where I'll be like, tell me about that. Oh, wow. That's different. I just see it so differently. And I'll be, I just ask why.
2: Martha, you have your hand up.
4: (laughs) Aunt Martha. Okay. So for real
3: pragmatic approach, I used to think, yeah, if people are nice, fine. But if what if people are genuinely mean? What if they're really mean? And my favorite instructions for this come from an FBI hostage negotiator. Oh, my God. Chris Voss. He was the top negotiator. And the way he deals with a hostage taker. So we're talking a psychopathic
2: maniac who's killing multiple oh, yes. people in real life. Okay? Well, now you're talking to Olivia Benson, Martha. <laughs> No, there you go <laughs> yeah I would just say
3: why tell me more about why you want <laughs> to kill right <laughs> um love your show. <laughs> thank you so what Chris Voss does when he's talking to these people is exactly what I do now with small children or with people who are upset in like in traffic first uh-huh. of all you drop your voice it's really simple and really practical because what you're dealing with is another triggered animal Mm. and the animal is what you're dealing with so you lower your voice it's just like you're dealing with a horse or a dog lower your voice slow your breathing don't look them in the eye but look at them with a soft gaze and then start to reflect what they say i'm so upset at you oh you're really upset yeah i want to kill you sounds like you want to kill me i mean it seems so stupid when you say it but you say it in a low voice a soft voice and you keep reflecting them and then they start coming down out of their flight. Yeah. they can't help it. It's mirror neurons. They can't help it. And then you get calmer and they get calmer and you just keep reflecting them. And what I always say is, tell me everything. Tell me Mm. everything. (laughs) Oh, tell me more. That sounds awful. (laughs) Within five minutes, they're done.
4: Yeah. This is how I, my conversations usually go with Allie. Anyway. (laughs) Um, (laughs) uh, By the way,
2: that works for marriage too, I bet.
4: Yeah. Yes, but Martha, what about when you're talking to somebody, and I—that you're talking about to somebody who is triggered. You're talking about that, which is a very effective uh, uh, t- tactic or technique. But yeah. what if you're talking to somebody who's utterly um, been socialized and polite and disconnected from
2: the self that they never excavated? Right, Allie. I mean, yeah. Merska and I talk a lot about how at our age, we just can't do the chit chat anymore. I'm just not interested. You know, as Merska likes to say, like we go in and we go deeper, not at all. Yeah. Yeah. At our age, I don't have time for it anymore. I have, I have, there's too many people and kids and work. Yeah. No time. And
3: that is the wisdom. It's the wisdom that says time is limited. We're not doing any shit we don't like. The end. Mm -hmm.
4: Yeah. Mm
2: -hmm. You know, it's about giving us permission, though, too. I, I need to give myself permission to go. I don't have time for this. I don't have time for this. I'm sick of the bullshit. Yeah. Yeah. Just give me my National Enquirer and leave me alone. (laughs) Sylvia Plath said,
3: um, I was not good at small talk and large talk is not encouraged.
2: Yeah.
4: Oh,
3: ouch. But but I just go straight to the large talk anyway. I don't have time for that. If somebody's disconnected, I say to them, you seem completely disconnected. (laughs) That's the only interesting thing about them. That's the only thing I'm curious about. Yeah. And as an older
4: woman I can just say shit. Yeah. It's so interesting and I think what got me that hooked me um to you first was of course your you know in the book of the way of integrity of this idea of saying I I'm not going to lie for one year and it's so interesting right because it's truly a challenge. I mean when you read that everyone goes I'm not going to lie either. And then you immediately <laughs> feel the 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 little the little micro lies and it is a it is a a balance and a dance to not yeah. to not hurt it it is that's a real skill to not hurt or to couch it in a way that it's authentic to you yeah that's the part that's the skill that I'm finding now is this way of being like mm. i don't want to hurt people ever, but my boundary is crucial and it's my only salvation now
3: yeah Mm -hmm. yeah it always was we just didn't have it earlier right
4: right 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 or we didn't know we were allowed to to have peace and truth and and
2: boundaries
3: yeah and there's a huge there's a huge difference between kindness and caretaking or kindness and fawning and groveling. Fawning and groveling mm. aren't true and so they bring the whole relationship into a false space and actually no one feels safe in there. Nobody. Even though they may doing be doing the social dance. If somebody just says, you know what, like I just I don't really feel conversational right now. I'm just going to watch you or whatever it is. You know, if it, is it kind? Is it true? Is it necessary? Those are the only things you say. And kindness can be no sweetheart. I mean, think about them all as two-year-olds. Everybody's a two-year-old in there.
4: Yeah. Oh, what a great thing to say.
3: And you don't let the two-year-old have the screwdriver.
2: You, you just know. Right. There's a lot more to come after this short break.
1: So listen to 16th Minute of Fame on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get
2: your podcasts. And we're back. You know, I, I have found, too, that when I'm with people that I start to feel unsafe with just because they're doing the the chitter-chatter small talk. As soon as I give permission to be vulnerable, like if I yeah. say, I, I can't, there's only so much Zoloft I can take, then they <laughs> sort of relax into it and yeah. go, oh my God, me too. It's like, it's like, it's upon you to almost have the icebreaker that gives you a more real human experience with yeah. somebody else. And you can see them, you can see their whole physicality drop
4: into themselves. They go like, they actually say like, oh, okay, we're going to be real. Yeah. Yeah. And then they
2: just feel utterly relaxed. And that is the gift. And I think a lot of that, a lot of that is a lot of people that meet Mariska and she's so real with them. She's yeah. not performative. They walk away from her and they really feel like they've had a connection. And and I'm talking about people she knows, people she doesn't know. Yeah. And it's been an interesting thing for me to observe because I've learned from it you know, because I'm less now my mother, I'm less now, you know, oh, would you like some more tea and put your white gloves over there (laughs) and more, you know, hey, menopause sucks and (laughs) I heard you're getting divorced. And I think it's a a much better space to live in. Uh, First of all, thanks, Allie, for that. But
4: I find the more honest you are, the more honest they are. And again, that's what I was talking about, the exhale. And I think that's, again... The the what you talked about, Martha, in your book, about which, you know, I think every shrink on the planet is is trying to give, and you did it in such a beautiful and concise oh. way is we go through the pain, we go through the uncomfortability, your life breaks, falls apart, shatters. Yep. Yep. You see that this glass bullshit house you've built, and then on the other side is and yeah. that. Is the definition of wisdom, of peace, and everything that God, I think, intended for us in terms of being all of ourselves, about about having true connection with another, giving a hundred percent, getting two hundred percent, because that's just the math. Yeah. And it has been it's such an honor to to be reminded in such a beautiful and concise way. And and if I may, one more, I don't want to over-talk. Allie, thank you for that very lovely compliment. And Allie, that's why I love you, is because Allie will level the playing field anywhere, anytime. We've been in many a situation where I, who really like to think of myself as fearless, she'll say something in a group That you don't think is gonna, it's gonna land well with, and (laughs) I have been like, I mean, speechless. And Ali, you do that constantly by being so real and so open, and saying what everyone's thinking, and not saying. And some people think they don't have the permission to say, yeah, and yet it's the truth. And the truth, as we all know is 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 the only way <laughs> yeah so what you're
3: talking about is courage yes and you know yes. there are, there are places where to go through the like in the divine comedy which i f- focus on a little bit in my book it's it's the metaphor is a wall of fire that you just have to walk through yes. and it doesn't last long and it's not that painful but it's terrifying. Terrifying. To go, go into it. So Mariska, did it happen? I'm interested in this with both of you, but like... No, I'll make a sandwich. You guys follow up. <laughs> Were you born this way? Did you have an experience where the glass house shattered and you've been this way ever since?
4: Or did you learn it incrementally? I, I want to know from both of you. Well, my answer is E all of the above in uh-huh. terms of, I did grow up with a father that said that was just bucking the system and said, that's bullshit, that's bullshit, everything is bullshit. So I sort of learned very young to question everything, yeah. to question everything. Um, and then as I got older, um, and I think that I've, you know, been through a lot of trauma, And so, therefore, I've had so much pain that it really forced me to go into deep self-reflection and do work. And then I started to see the ways that I wasn't being authentic or not. um, I was pleasing or a little bit like the dancing monkey because of my abandonment issues, blah, blah, blah. And then as I worked on them and saw that it was, like, not my true self, and I started to emerge going, oh, Oh, I like this better. I actually don't like that person or whatever it was. Or, or you, you know, you would, if somebody didn't like me, that would be very um, upsetting. Mm -hmm. And then I could get them to like me or I'd work too hard on it. And then I, and then, and then I'd get to know them and go, I'm not interested. (laughs) So it was, what happened was I couldn't see clearly. So, through the self work, and it, I mean, I'm not going to lie, it, it's been excruciating. Yeah. There's been times when I didn't think I could get through, and it was so painful and so terrifying. Um, but I think for, for me, I it was the courage to the only way out is through. It was the courage to go through it. And then realizing what I found on the other side was, exponentially more peaceful, more authentic. I was more truly loving. I could see clearly people and also what others needed. And, and that was just the greatest gift. Wow. And that's why I read it. I, the book resonated with me because I had set up things that I thought people wanted or what I was supposed to do. Mm. And now I really have no regard for that.
3: I have met very few people who have done this process from start to finish in one lifetime. Mm. Oh, my God. You are amazing. Thank you. Yeah. Like,
2: everybody look at her. And you, Allie. No, it's okay. You don't have to look at me. (laughs) What is it? Have you always had the laser wit? (laughs) Well, you know, the only thing similar with Mariska is that I grew up in a fractured household of of multiple divorces and I got lost in the system of the family. And so Mm -hmm. I created WIT. You know that was my way, and I also grew up in a household where there's a lot of secrets. Where no. we pushed everything down. We did not talk about stuff. You did not say words like masturbation or feelings. And so when <laughs> hey, I got, whoa, whoa, those whoa, are, whoa, that's guys. two words for the same thing. <laughs> <Hello>. Anyway, <laughs> yeah, Marisha, this whole podcast is about masturbation and feelings. <laughs> <laughs> But, um, so I, uh, I at a young age said, I I don't want to push things down. I don't want to repress these things. Mm. I I may not want to masturbate or say the word, but everything else I'm not interested (laughs) in. And so I would constantly push the envelope and I would do it with my comedy. I would do it with, with being outspoken. And the more I did that, the more I felt that it was real. Mm. So the more I pushed up, against my parents and said, well, why did you get divorced? Why did this happen? Why aren't you like, what, when was I conceived? How did this work? Mm. The more I realized that truth is the answer and truth is going to actually create the human being that I am today. And I still do it. I push hard with my husband, with my friends, um, you know, even with my mother now who's, who's in the hospital, you know, she's been taking, these opiates, which make her delusional. She's saying all kinds of stuff. And I, the nurses and everybody else go, that's right. You're in Ireland. And I go, no, no, mom, you're in the <laughs> hospital because I'm like, we, we can't play that game anymore. Wow. Of, you know, let's just, let's just m- make it up. So anyway, wow. my point is that when I pushed people to tell the truth, I felt safer. Yes. Mm -hmm. I don't feel safe in a world where everything is make-believe and everybody is trying to make sure everybody's okay.
3: Nobody does.
2: I think that's been such a big part of our friendship and how
4: it continually goes deeper. Yeah. Yeah. And we've had
2: to go up against a few things. Yeah. Which is scary because our personalities are such Mm -hmm. that... You know, if you if you really get confrontational and you really get down into the muck and mire, you might get abandoned. And both Mariska and I suffer from that. So for mm. us to be able to go into a safe space and go, all right, let's get dirty and know that we're going to be safe, you know, oh, that we're going to be okay. I mean, I've had times when I've cried with Mariska and I've said to her before we even talked... Don't abandon me! Don't abandon me! Yeah, and she goes, "I'll never <laughs> abandon you." <laughs> You're not getting rid of me that yeah, yeah, but but as soon as she says that, I feel safe, and then we can really have a conversation. And that's oh, yeah. that you can, and that's just not true of a lot of people.
3: No, it isn't. E-
2: even my husband, he's not going to let go fifty percent of his salary. So he, I know he's staying. <laughs> plus there's the the fact that he's
3: manacled to the radiator
2: but yes that's also true now the interesting thing is that
3: even if someone says i won't leave you and then they do oh for example they die can't help it it is still worth it mm. Yes. Because here's the thing. I, at a certain point, when I decided not to lie for a year, I I, lo- I left my religion. So um, that meant le- leaving my entire community of origin because I was raised in this super Mormon community, whole family gone, like huge family, no communication, no friends, like quit my job, quit everything. And a lot of people that I still love, I never saw again. It didn't matter. The fact that I was finally being honest and saying what I really felt, even though they said, I never want to see you again, and they followed through with that, I was still more whole. And I'll tell you something weird, and it may be woo-woo, but it's the truth. You can feel genuine love whether or not someone thinks they love you. And the knowledge that they love you underneath whatever anger they have can be a part of your own integrity. In fact, if you think they have stopped loving you, you're lying to yourself because Love never stops. They can fight it. They can cover it. They can die. It doesn't matter. They are still going to be part of your inner life. And the love is the only part that's going to get through all the, if you put out complete truth, nothing can get through but truth. Mm. And the love from them is truth.
4: That's why God put me on this podcast today to hear you say that. That's what all my
2: guests say every time I
4: record. Yeah, I'm not talking about you, sweetie. Um, (laughs) I
2: know. I know.
4: Wait, wait, wait. Martha, can I ask you one follow-up question? Because that is so beautiful. And actually, that's going to take me a minute to download. And I'd love to talk more about that at another time without Allie. Kidding. Yeah, (laughs) offline, Martha. Offline. But but may I ask, um, because I know that was a while ago when you had the courage to to do what you did, which is so heroic. But did any of those people that said, no, 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 you're done, you're dead to me, see you and see what happened and went, oh, I want that and come around?
3: Yeah, one of them did.
4: One? Oh, my gosh, I thought you were going to say most.
3: Some other people have have come back, you know, distant friends or acquaintances. No, you, you, I mean, the, the grip of that culture is more powerful than you might imagine. But I do have a dear loved one, but ended up struggling and struggling, ending up for a while, putting themselves in psychiatric care and then leaving Mormonism as well and came back around 30 years later expecting me to be, be hateful and mean and i was like i have loved you every day of my life i have never stopped for a second and i never will and it was just like boom we were back we were there and the weird thing is here's the thing she was the only one i missed
2: wow isn't wow. that
3: interesting yeah the others i loved but i missed her and she came back after 30 years and oh my god it was Like I go through the three, you know, there's the Inferno, there's uh, Purgatorio and and Paradise. Mariska is talking about when you get through all the barriers to integration, you go into a state that's like Dante's Paradise, where everything is so loving and connected and magical. And to have even one relationship like that come back around just blasted me into that place of magic and beauty. It's so worth being truthful for that. Even mm-hmm. if you have to wait thirty years,
4: yeah, I, that that's so beautiful. Thank you. You know, I always say that my one of my favorite feelings is when I am where I'm supposed to be. That I know that there is no place else I'd rather be. That 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 you know, it's the opposite of I guess FOMO, right? It's, yes. Um, it's somebody said it's called JOMO of um, joy joy of missing out you know whatever that was I thought that was cute but this idea of that and I think what's so tragic to me is that people who are suffering internally knowing something's wrong and don't have the courage to to get out because of how they were um, indoctrinated how they were raised, but it's mostly fear-based. And for that, I'm so grateful to my father who was like, challenged everything. And then when I challenged him, because I'd go, I don't agree with you. Here's what he's like, well, what do you think? And I said, well, (laughs) you said that and that contradicts that. And I don't, how can that be true if that's true? And then he would, or he, you know, when I was a kid, he would punish me and go, you know, no phone for a week or a month when he was mad. And then I said, dad, I don't think that that, um infraction meets the punishment <laughs> and he'd go, You're right, I was mad. Okay. Okay, you could use the phone. Whatever it was, the sense of the sense of fairness and the sense of wow. also not sticking, not sticking to an emotion in the moment of anger, that things can change and that yes. we have that flexibility to go, I was that's why I always apologize to my children, mm. Mm, to yeah. anyone, that if I do something wrong to say, that was a moment, a weak moment. I'm sorry. I was mad because I didn't know how to navigate my feelings. And and uh Allie and I had this big fight one time that was super scary for us. And- it was Mariska's fault. <laughs> <laughs> but no, but that was the moment, remember? And that was the mm-hmm. moment that I said, listen to me, I love you. I will never leave you. And that Aww. was what changed it because Aww. that's what makes us That abandonment turns us into the animal, the fearful animal that will do whatever we have to do to to protect. And then I think that's what love is, is saying, God, I'm so uncomfortable right now. I'm scared shitless. And, but I love you. And I love what you said about it's even, it's worth it if that person leaves us. It's worth it. You know, I have Mm -hmm. that with with my mother, obviously. Mm. It's so, yeah so sad and tragic and like I always describe it as sort of a hole in my heart but sure but um what a beautiful thing to hang on to
2: Mm. yeah
5: and we'll be right back escape to summer with victoria's secret
1: So listen to 16th Minute of Fame on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.
2: Welcome back to Go Ask Ali. You know, I had a similar experience recently, which really made me understand. It was so so cathartic. Um, I had a friend. I had known her for 25 years. We had a falling out about a very simple mistake, which Mm -hmm. is I sent a text uh, to her rather than to my husband, and I was talking about her, and I was critiquing her, and she, because of her very high abandonment, shut the wall. There's nothing I could do. I I called her and I wrote letters and sent flowers and said you cannot throw a 25 year relationship away.
4: Oh god.
2: But her abandonment was so high. She just she you know it was like an iron curtain. Yeah. So a few years went by and I was very sad. You know, I was yeah. sad that this relationship had ended. For years you were sad. I hear yeah. you. And all of a sudden she texted me and said I had a dream about you last night. And we were laughing. Anyway, just to shorten the story, I met her at a restaurant. We met for dinner. This had been six years since we had that thing. And it was the most cathartic evening. It was a four-hour dinner. Wow. Where she basically said, I have high abandonment. I'm scared, but I love you. So I'm here and I'm going to be vulnerable with you. And I'm going to hope for the best. Mm, And I came to her and said, I've been hurt by you. I've been angry about this, but I'm putting that aside. I'm going to be totally vulnerable Mm. and I hope I can be safe with you. And we ended up go obviously going through everything, but really getting into why we had the reactions we had, uh, Mm -hmm. why we felt the way we felt. And it was, it was a journey that I got to speed through Mm. a journey of what we're talking about now. And then came out the other end. And now we have this friendship again. It's a different friendship than it was, but it's a, it's a friendship that went through such a hurdle that now we kind of know each other in a deeper way. And there's an understanding of I'm not going anywhere Hmm. on both sides. You know what I mean? And I took this big risk and this big leap whereas 90% of me is saying like forget it like i was even thinking like you know what i forget it she hasn't spoken to right. me in 6 years like i'm that's it i'm over it and so i got to learn this lesson and play it out you know with another human being um, mm. as much as I read, I read about your lessons in your book. I actually, you know, I had to, it was on my stage, you know,
3: And it's always scary. It's always scary. But what, what you both said is so powerful. Like what if we made a commitment right here and now? it's like a, a, a- Gust up integrity cleanse. The integrity cleanse is no lies. I've been on my current one for seven years, by the way. You haven't Um, lied in seven years? Not not purposely. Sometimes I slip and say it by accident. But then I always go back and say, I'm so sorry. I said that because I wanted you to like me.
2: Um, <laughs> so no, who I, do you think is prettier you're Mariska
3: you're both divine gorgeous <laughs> goddesses and I do not have to lie you can to hook me up to a polygraph who do you
4: think has more wisdom <laughs> <laughs>
3: we're all part of the one great mind so there ha ha no, Mariska <laughs> um, <laughs> you're both wonderful but you've both said this thing that is incredible is even, even deeper than saying I will tell the truth is my truth is love and And when I love truly, that can not change. You know, so that is
4: beautiful. I love You want to
3: beat me up? I will defend myself physically, but I will love you through the whole thing. You want to abandon me? Go ahead. I'll grieve. I'll cry. I will love you through the whole thing. Mm. You will never be able to stop me from loving you. And then bang, your side of the street is clean and you get to go to paradise no matter what.
2: Oh, that is the lesson. That is the lesson, Martha. You should write a book or blog or do, do something. You something, oh, You're Martha, very something interesting. with your life. <laughs> but who would read it? You got to meet our friend Oprah. She would really dig you. <laughs>
4: um, but I have to say, I, that is such a gift to 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 hear, and again, the beautiful reminder, and then when we hear something truth, we go, our soul goes, that's true. That's true. Yeah. And so for that, I, 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 I thank you. Cause Mm. like, that's my language is, is love too. But, uh, I just love the idea. Allie, next time, if we have uncomfortable moment, I'm going to go. I love you.
3: (laughs) Yeah, I want to say one more thing too. The topic I was given, we were, we were going to talk about aging women.
2: Yeah, we're not now, I guess. But we are. (laughs) No, I know. Because I I
3: just read this book by Catherine May, who's a, a, she wrote a beautiful memoir, and she talks about meditating and how men get to go off and sit in silence for 90 days and discover themselves. But what are the women doing? They have to get up during those 90 days when the husband's not there and take care of people and wipe up vomit and be cursed at and have your mother or your child scream in your face or whatever, and to come back somehow with gentleness. Mm. and power and strength. And that is something we learn by doing it over and over and over again. And that is what aging women have more than anybody else in the world. I would venture that as a sociologist. So we have all this time and been talking about that. And the message is be in your truth and love forever. Full stop.
2: Mm. Yeah.
3: And that's what we bring.
2: Look at you, Martha, ending the podcast on a perfect note. Yeah. Well, before we um, hop off, and I, this was great. I told you, you can't, you know, we could literally do a podcast once a week for the next 40 years.
3: That would be fun. Mm.
2: So I like to give people that have been on my show uh, an opportunity to ask me a question. So Martha and mm. Mariska, if you can ask me a question, why don't we start with Martha? Anything you want.
3: How do you stay funny when you're scared? Ah. Because this is another right brain thing. If the right brain handles humor, if you can mm. bring that in, it does the same thing as curiosity. It deflates all the aggression. So how do you do it when you're scared?
2: It it actually comes on stronger when I'm scared. Did it always? Always. So if I'm scared or if I'm at a very high anxiety level, the humor kicks in and I'm almost not even conscious of it. Wow. Yeah wow. Yeah. Can I quote you in my book? (laughs) You can quote me as much as you want. Yeah. I mean, Mariska, do you remember when we were running? Yes. And we were scared and I was making jokes about how, well, I guess I'm with Olivia Benson. So I can't, that is my, that is how my consciousness is trying to calm me down. And, and, and I'm almost not even aware of it.
3: Mm-hmm. It just
2: starts happening. Or if I'm at a dinner party and I'm socially anxious, I almost disassociate and I, I, you know, turn into Carrot Top and it just, it takes <laughs> over as a way to protect me.
3: That's fascinating. Yeah, it's
2: fascinating. And very true. Yeah. Wow. Thank you. Yeah. If you'd like to do some experiments on me for your next book with wires and probes. They will involve wires and probes. Great. I love a probe. <laughs> Mareshka, your turn. Ask me anything. Although I'm sure you've asked me. I ha- I had like three. You're only allowed one.
4: <laughs> Sweetheart, I'm a rule breaker. <laughs> oh, I guess so. I was going to say, how do you stay scared when you're funny? Ah. See how I did that? <laughs> oh, I, do. I see what you did there. Yeah. I would say, Allie, how do you take care of yourself? And I ask that because Allie is somebody who like is so incredibly thoughtful and takes care and makes everyone feel so seen, mm. you know, And is cake baker and a text writer. And I, I know how she takes care of her family and makes her children feel number one. She makes me feel like I'm the only person in the world. And yet there's a lot of people that feel that way. And so the output is big and it's There's nothing you can't do, even in the middle of the day. And I'm like, Allie, I need cookies. And then like, you know, an hour later, I've got cookies. (laughs) So how do you
2: take care of you or replenish your soul? See, Martha, I'm going to tell you something right now. Even Mariska right now complimenting me, Hmm. I get so uncomfortable that I could have made 10 jokes. I could have interrupted her and made a million jokes.
3: Oh, Oh, yeah. I really want to do probes on you.
2: You probe me. What was the first joke that came to you? How do you take care of yourself? You said, well, how do you take care of yourself? Then my, you know, yeah. my jokes were like, have you seen my stomach? You know, I'm just like deflect, 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 but that's, it's, Got it. that's my defense. But how do I take care of myself? Um, not well. I mean, that's one of the things I'm learning as I get older, because when I was younger, I would um, not eat, not sleep. You yeah. know, I went through a depression in my late twenties where, I, I my body shut down. I wouldn't eat, I wouldn't sleep, I was chain smoking and you know, so I'm I'm the first to turn on myself that way. But I'm learning as I used to be. Used to no, be. No, yes, and I'm learning as I get older. I'm like, I gotta sleep. I need to sleep, I need to eat. These are the things I need to do. And right now when I'm at the hospital with my mother all day long. I know when I need to go downstairs to the commissary and call my husband and breathe and have a, you know, a banana. So I'm learning. I don't run myself into the ground like I used to. And that to me is wisdom. Okay. It's certainly
3: the beginning. Yeah. And oh, my. Yeah. Like, I'm dying to ask you. I know we're at the end, but I'm just dying to ask you, if you take the jester, the one inside you who's making the jokes and who's disassociated from the rest of you Mm -hmm. and is also running on nervous energy and nicotine and whatnot, and you imagine, like, watching her jolly and everywhere, and you're watching her from the position of a calm, like, omniscient presence, what? is the kindest thing you could say to the jester.
2: Mm. I think I would put my arm around the jester and say, you don't have to do that.
3: Ooh, did you just feel that? I did. It's that thing about she came into her body when she said it. Yep, I saw it. She came back into integrity because being kind to all the parts of ourselves is integration bringing them all into the circle of our embrace. That's right. And you did it. You just did it so beautifully, Allie. Thank you. Thank you.
2: Thank you, Thank you, guys. This was more than a girl could ever hope for. And I think people listening to this are going to listen to it over and over again because you are some badass warriors. And I'm so glad yes. that schedule permitted, we could get together. Oh, it's amazing. And by amazing. the way, let's get together not on this podcast. Yes, yeah, literally, like what you said about
3: Mariska when you got on. Yeah. I felt it the moment I saw her face. It was just like, oh, she's real. Yeah, so real.
4: Oh gosh, and thank Allie you. And I've
3: always felt that way about you. So Martha, yeah. yeah, thank you guys. I love you. Thank you for having me. I love you guys
2: so much. This was the best, you guys. It really was.
0: Thank
2: you for listening to Go Ask Ali. What a way to end season three. Oh, I love those girls. Well, you can learn more about Martha Beck, her books and her podcast at marthabeck.com. And Marishka can be found on Instagram at the real Mariska Hargitay. And of course, Olivia Benson can be found every day, all day long on every channel. For links and more info on what you heard in this episode, just check out our show notes. Be sure to subscribe, rate, and review Go Ask Alley and follow me on social media on Instagram at The Real Alley Wentworth. Now, if you'd like to ask me a question or suggest a guest or a topic to dig into for season four, I would love to hear from you. And there's a bunch of ways you can do it. You can call or text me at 323 364 6356, or you can email a voice memo right from your phone to Go Ask Ali Podcast at gmail.com. If you leave a question, oh shit, hold on, dog's barking. If you leave a question, you just might hear it. Daisy! <laughs> you can put that in. If you leave a question, you just might hear it on Go Ask Alley. And that's a wrap on season three. Go Ask Alley is a production of Shondaland Audio in partnership with iHeartRadio. For more podcasts from Shondaland Audio,
1: Seriously, and that's just one story. We're giving every character their 16th Minute. So listen to 16th Minute of Fame on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.